Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Keith Baldry is my guest. Global News Bureau Chief at the BC Legislature. Hey, Keith. Good morning. So uh, Brad West was my first guest this morning, the mayor of Port Coquitlam. And, you know, a lot of the listeners like what he has to say. So we talked about the capture of Randall Hopley, this uh, convicted sex offender, thank goodness, was captured by Vancouver police this morning. We also talked about this lawsuit that has been filed against the public drug use rules that have been introduced in British Columbia. Good luck with that. And he's very critical on, on a lot of these files. And a lot of the callers, at least two callers, phone, one caller phoned in and said, I want him to be premier. And another caller phoned in and said, I want him to be prime minister. <laughs> now he is, he's NDP, right? Yeah. Is he a member of the NDP or, I think so. or he he's, has been in the past. Anyway, well, that's his persuasion. Work with Mike Farnworth, uh, yeah. the constituency level. Yeah. So I've said for years, uh, keep an eye on Brad West. Yeah. You know, he's, um, he's going places. He speak, he seems to connect with people on sort of a, base community level uh and he ran unopposed no one was going to take him on he, he was acclaimed as mayor yeah and he'll be acclaimed next time if he chooses to run. i th- i assume I've never talked to him or mike farmworth about this but when farmworth eventually does retire i assume bride west is going to take that seat provincially i think he'll move from the mayor's chair to become an mla whenever farm i think farmworth's going to run one more time and then i think that'll be it and I think Brad West will ease into that seat. And at some point when e- David Eby departs the scene, which is not going to be anytime soon, uh, West is definitely going to be in the conversation about who replaces him. Wow. Okay. So we're looking at, you're looking into the crystal ball here. Yeah. So I'll go on the limb yeah. and say, yeah, that's a definite. Now he, he's got a young family. Yeah. You know, I've been his charming family, young kids. Yeah. So I don't think he's in any hurry. To, to do this, I mean, he's he's the mayor. Of Port, he's a very popular mayor, uh, but you know, when you start looking around, all the faces out there who are going to emerge, you know, um, into uh, higher spots, he's one to keep an eye. I remember years ago saying, "Keep an eye on Christy Clark." Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, and she becomes premier. Yeah. So this and we all, you and I both said at the time, "Keep an eye on David Eby." Yeah, you know, sure. These, yeah. these people emerge uh, when you see them in action, and you know that they're destined for other things. They're ambitious. You can tell they have ambition. Oh, there's too. ambition, but yeah. talent and competence yes. and a connection to people. Now, here's the, here's the thing I find interesting about him, because if you listen to his talking points, there's sort of non-traditional NDP talking points. I mean, he's talking about tough on crime. Uh, he's very critical of uh, decriminalization of drug possession. Uh, he's opposed to the carbon tax. Mm-hmm. How does that fit into the NDP? Well, not all of that is necessarily anti-NDP. If you, There's a lot of people in the NDP who don't like the carbon tax. Yeah. There's a, you know, there's not every, the NDP, remember, just like any political party, is a coalition of interests. Yeah. Um, and you, you and I were just talking about Dan Miller. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Dan Miller was a former premier. He was the interim premier after Glenn Clark, a veteran cabinet minister, very much part, as he called it, part of the Brown Caucus. In the Jobs. Party. Jobs, not the Enviro Caucus. Yes. Which is the pro-carbon tax. So the NDP's got some interests that uh, Brad Westwood uh, represent as well. 
Uh, John Horgan probably would be yep. in that same category. Horgan was Horgan was very much pro energy. He yeah. came from an energy background. This is why, you know, back when he first became premier, talking about the pipeline fight. Yeah. Uh, questions about Site C Dam. It was never in doubt in my mind that the Site C Dam would not proceed because of Horgan's background in energy. He supported the Site C Dam. He supported. He was part of the. The whole effort to open up the oil and gas fields in the northeast sector with with a, a new royalty scheme, building roads, making them more accessible. Uh, so he was not from that greeny wing of the NDP, yeah. and that's that's the NDP. It's a coalition of interests. It's not just one view. And also, you know, if you think about the labor background, Brad West has a background in organized yeah. labor and unions, right? Yep. He was with steel workers there for a long time, so that certainly fits with the NDP sort of profile. I'm sure he's getting thinking. Oh my God, you guys! Why are you guys talking about this stuff? But uh, we're talking down the road, number of years. No, we're talking now. down the road. No, it is interest. It is interesting to watch. Okay, on to other topics here. I love this story on Global News last night about this Airbnb scam. That was uh, this was an online ad from a short-term rental uh, management company that was encouraging people. The headline on it was five hundred dollars for a couple of hours of your time. And it encouraged people to go to ICBC, change the address on your driver's license, and then they would use that the address that address on one of the company's Airbnb properties so they could skirt these rules, yeah. right? Because now you can only run an Airbnb in your principal, your primary yeah. residence. Yeah, this is like outrageous. Pretty, pretty brazen. Pretty brazen. <laughs> brazen. Um, again, but it shows a couple of things. One, just what the demand is like out there. Uh, these guys can still think they can make money, even if they end up paying a penalty here. Uh, but we're still waiting for the regulations. On they're still waiting for the fine print on this stuff. Well, here, here's the thing I find interesting: is that these rules haven't even kicked in yet. They don't kick in until next May. That's right. And already there's evidence that People some big Airbnb operator is trying to figure out a way oh, to beat I, this. I think that'll continue. Yeah. If, if there's money to be made, you're going to see people try to circumvent the rules. Sure. Let's listen to the housing minister here. So this is Ravi Kalon talking about this now. Let's listen. Don't get suckered into uh, following along with some of these desperate operators and getting yourself or one of your family members uh, connected with some sort of fraud. Yeah, so he says, don't get suckered into doing this. I mean, this wasn't exactly the perfect crime. I mean, you just, no. you're, I'm reading this online. No. I go, this, this is no. ridiculous. Yeah, talk about drawing attention to yourself. <laughs> yeah. And there is going to be this compliance board that's going to be set up mm. to monitor some of this stuff. So, yeah. you know, I don't think this is going to happen very often, but that was brazen to say the least. Well, here's the thing. Like, I'm starting to wonder, okay, if they bring the hammer down on Airbnb, do people who want to continue to run these op- short-term rentals outside the rules does a gray market start to develop and people start putting ads on, who knows, Facebook Marketplace yeah. or, or Craigslist? Well, I, I think because I think there's going to be a, a continued demand for yeah. this product because sure. hotels are not, there's just not enough hotel rooms. Yeah. Uh, and people still need places to stay. And I still am keeping an eye out on legitimate short-term contract workers who need to work for two months, say, in a health authority, uh, who don't meet the three-month minimum requirement. I wonder if there's still going to be some exemptions for that. So there might be a little bit of wriggle room I, here to I, come. I, I, I'm, I'm anticipating that. Don't have that for sure. But I yeah. think there's going to be some wriggle room in the regulations. Okay. Let's finish up with Pierre Polyev here, the federal conservative leader. He was on the show here yesterday. We talked about the carbon tax and Justin Trudeau bringing in that carbon tax pause on home heating oil, which hardly anybody uses here in B.C. So I asked him about that and also the the fact that there is a 
provincial carbon tax. So he's promising to scrap the tax. That's his mm-hmm. thing, right? Axe the tax. Well, he can't touch the provincial carbon no. tax, right? No. As a, as a federal, if he, if he becomes prime minister. I asked him about that. Here's what he had to say. In many provinces, uh, conservative governments have fought back, said, hell no, we're not doing it. But here, the NDP has been going along with it. So all it would take is for both Trudeau and EV to agree that home heat should not be taxed, and they could lift that tax tomorrow. Oh, very simple, yeah. yeah. Well, I assume when he says home heat, he's referring to natural gas. Natural gas, that's and, right. And electricity, because yeah. that's, that's you know, 98% of the homes in B.C. are heated by those two sources. Yeah. Now, the, t- the carbon tax brings in about $2.8 billion a year this year. I think it rises to $3.1 billion next year. A lot of that is offset by tax rebates or tax credits that goes back out the door. So it's not a it's not a hundred percent revenue source, um, but it's a but net revenue source. They make money. The all, government makes money. Yeah, off the it's, stopped, it's stopped being um, revenue neutral. Right. a number of years ago. Yeah. I still anticipate uh, something in the spring budget or before then that is tied to some reduction either in the carbon tax or some sort of enhanced rebate scheme. Yeah. From the government, I think. I think the the, the debate has shifted on the carbon tax yeah. to a degree we haven't seen uh, ever. Even though we've had it for 15 years, it's we're the pioneers when it comes to the carbon taxes. You know, Atlantic Canada freaked out. You know, getting it. You know, within a couple months, it became a red hot political issue. It hasn't been the big issue here. It still is almost a 50 50 proposition in BC. Yeah. But I think the the time is ripe for some sort of government scheme. That revisits the carbon. Not, uh, I don't think you're going to replace it. That's just too much money. Even though we haven't seen any kind of wavering from EB yet. to this point, like you heard Polyev say there, well, some conservative premiers have said to hell with it. I'm not even going to collect the carbon tax. So he's talking about Brad, uh, the Saskatchewan Scott, Scott, Scott Moe, Moe, Scott Moe in Saskatchewan, right? Who said that. I'm not even going to collect the federal carbon tax here on natural gas. EB has not said anything well, like no, that. Well, no, because, again, we're in a different – we've been collecting the carbon tax for 15 years. Yeah. So we're way ahead of the other provinces. It's sort of part of the fabric now in B.C., unlike other places, which is br- it's brand new for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's not brand new in B.C., but it is still a significant amount of money, and it goes yeah. up every year. Yeah. So I, I anticipate either it doesn't go up on April 1st, Mm-hmm. Um, which could be a budget move, or again, there's some sort of rebate or, or exempt. They'll they'll dr- they'll frame it as an affordability measure or oh, something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A lot of people don't realize that the sales tax, for example, there yeah. are exemptions to the sales tax that are tinkered with all the time. Mm-hmm. Remember children's clothing, sure. playground equipment. These have been stories in the past where governments are under pressure to exempt some things from the sales tax. Provinces do that. Well, BC does that fairly regularly. I wouldn't be surprised if we start exempting some things from the carbon tax. Okay, it's Baldry's Beat. Right to your phone calls here, Jim in Surrey. Hi, Jim. Go ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. We have two carbon taxes. Five premiers have written letters to the federal government. Back East gets a break. We get nothing. Just because we were the first ones to have a carbon tax, and we have two, still doesn't make it right. Two wrongs do not make a right. You okay, know what thank I you. Mean? Got your point. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think this is not. This is a conversation that is not over yet. This is ongoing. Uh, Poliev is on to uh, an issue he's running with, you know, and no question it's it's going to work for him. He's running these these ads nationally. BC is a different story. So you got the BC United Party is calling for 
an exemption, home heating, yeah. and the agriculture sector. Yes. Uh, to be exempt. Similar to Polyev. Similar to Polyev. Although Polyev wants to scrap the carbon tax Entirely. completely. Yeah. yeah. And and Kevin Falcon said if, if Polyev becomes prime minister and scraps the carbon tax completely, he'll scrap the par- carbon yes. tax as well. Correct. Hasn't totally explained the math of that, but nevertheless, that's 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 fair game in terms of political promises. So yeah. this conversation is just beginning on the carbon tax. It's not over by any means. Yeah, yeah, and it's going to heat up. And Polyev has said he wants to run a carbon tax election. That's what yeah. he's yeah. challenged Trudeau to a carbon tax election. He would love that, I'm sure. Yeah, so. no, and the, the problem, you know, the, the carbon tax in B.C. was brought in by a, a right-center government. Was brought in by the Liberals, by brought in by Gordon Campbell, and for years it was sort of a benign tax because people were buying into fighting climate change. Well, it was a lot lower when it started it was, too. It was a lot lower, exactly. Yeah, um, and it goes up every April first. Correct. Yeah, a couple of things have changed. One, it goes up. Yeah. Second, cost of living and inflation are an issue now. They weren't 15 years ago when the carbon tax was introduced. Yeah. Yeah. So it was seen as a harmless little thing when it was brought in. Yeah. Now it's framed against all the other taxes and levies you pay. Yeah. And if you can get rid of one, people gravitate to that. Yep. And that's why the debate is a little more robust now. Yep, for sure. James calling from Palm Springs. Hi, James. Go ahead. Hi, gentlemen. Yeah, I live in Kelowna, and I'm down here uh, looking for a place to buy for uh, for an Airbnb. And they have the same problems we do at home. But the way they've dealt with it is that they've just made it a mandatory twenty eight minimum 28-day rental. So they can't do two days, can't do a week. It has to be a 28-day rental. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they come up with a creative solution down here, and I think we could probably do the same at home. Do you think, okay, that's very interesting, James. Now, a 28-day uh, rental for an Airbnb in Palm Springs, California, is that does that still make it an attractive investment for you there? Yeah, absolutely. If, the, okay. you know, the, the numbers work and uh, you, you just got to find the right place. That's, that's yeah. the key. You know, very good point, James. I thought... I was taken aback by the 90-day minimum when they brought the bill in. Yeah. We knew there was going to be restrictions. I thought, because I've had ex- personal experience with this, every election campaign, myself and you know, Richard Zussman, others in the press gallery, we all rent a condo in Vancouver for 30 days. To cover the election. To cover the election. Yeah. And rather than stay in a hotel room for 30 nights. Yeah. And we rent a condo. You know, it's expensive, but not over the top. But it would have been on Airbnb. Yeah, and I, yeah. I, this place, this tower in Dunsmuir and Granville, yes. I stayed in the last two elections. Everyone in that building was on a 30-day rental, mm. and a lot of people were in the film industry. Mm. Um, there were some healthcare workers there as well. Some of them were 60 days, uh, but many people in that building, and we're talking tiny condos. This is yeah. a barely a one-bedroom. Yeah. It was basically a bed and a TV, yeah. uh, which I was paying like 3000 bucks a month before. But those were the types of things that I thought might be allowed here because it was, wasn't, this wasn't vacation property. It was going there to work. Going there to work. Right. I was there working there for 30 straight days yeah. and there were film workers there as well. So I'm still waiting to see the regulations. Yeah. I still think I'm going to be able to get that condo. For 30 for, days. For an election campaign. 30 days, yeah. Okay, well, there may be some, like you said, some wriggle room here in the regulations. Daryl and Coquitlam. Daryl, you got 30 seconds here. Go ahead. Yes, thanks for taking my call. I found your interview with Pierre Polyev very interesting yesterday. He doesn't seem to talk about any of the current programs. He only talks about the tax. What would he do uh, with the child child tax credit? What will he do with the ten dollar a day daycare? What will he uh, do with the proposed pharmacare? What will he do about uh, the dental program for underprivileged children? He never talks about any of that. No. Thank you, Daryl. Daryl makes very good points, yeah. and that is a criticism of Pierre Poliev. 
He doesn't explain a lot of his policies, some of which are contradictory. But all's fair in politics. If Poliev wants to talk about the carbon tax and nothing else, he can press him on all those other issues. If he doesn't want to talk about it, he won't talk about yeah, it. And he won't. I don't and think politicians he will. do that all the time. 